Hi, and welcome to Helping People Perform, the podcast that gives you fascinating insights into those people whose chosen vocation is to help others perform at their best. From consultants to teachers, sports coaches to financial advisors, all of my guests share a passion for getting the most out of individuals, teams, and organizations. Enjoy the episode. Okay, so welcome to this first episode of the Helping People Perform podcast. Uh, in my first episode, I couldn't go without inviting my good friend, longtime colleague, and uh, just saying uh, before the show here, we've known each other for pretty much 25 years and uh, on and off. And we've uh, got back together recently and, and even got to do a bit of work together, which is fantastic. So today I'll be talking to Faris Aranki, the CEO and founder of Shia Ghetto Consulting. We're going to hear all about his fascinating story. We're going to hear about um, strategy and emotional intelligence, facilitation, helping others, and the success equation, EQ, IQ, and FQ. So some really interesting stuff to uh, to find out about. So welcome, Faris. Great to have you here. Uh, well, thanks for having me, Paul. I am so excited beyond words to be your first guest um and uh, if for any reason in the edit i become your 10th guest i'm really pleased to be your 10th <laughs> guest uh no i'm really pleased to be with you and as you said we're all friends but it's always nice to chat with you fantastic good stuff and yeah one of the key reasons i uh, i wanted you on as um, as the first guest as well Paris, was whenever i want to help myself perform i turn to certain people and you're very much top of the list in terms of where i go to for that inspiration and, and help as well so um great to have you here um Little, we're going to hear a lot about what you do now and how you help others perform. But I just yeah. want to get a bit of background. You know, um, what 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 have you done in your past? What's got you to where you are today? Yeah, uh, luck, spit, blood, uh, trading. No, um, let me take you back uh, to uh, you know where I started my career, uh, pretty much, and um, it was coming out of university where I actually met you, Paul. Yeah. And uh, I then decided I was uh, didn't fancy proper work and became a school teacher and I say became a school teacher I didn't actually have a teaching qualification I just sort of uh, got a reference got a job in a school and then began five years of teaching uh, which in my degree I taught maths and economics so now finer place to start and uh, and sort of learn all the intricacies of um, the working world and, and and sort of working with people than in a school where kids are the, give you the best feedback ever and the toughest feedback so yeah five years as a school teacher um, and then I sort of made the transition to the business world, actually, uh, where I started again and joined an energy company uh, here in the UK. And I sort of worked my way around the energy company, learned all about the energy industry and ended up in their strategy team, uh, which is where I discovered I loved uh, solving complex problems. I love strategy. And uh, I then made a transition into strategy consulting uh, for a range of uh, big strategy consulting firms you know I worked across a few like EY and Carney and uh, FTI consulting and um, but anyway I worked 12 years in that environment uh, solving complex problems for people um, very much enjoying that and um, but clearly not enjoying it enough because three years ago I decided to set up my own firm to work on a specific type of consulting you know which uh, we'll probably explore so I won't I won't I won't give away uh, too much of the story but uh yeah i decided to yay i can do it i can do it on my own so i set up my own consulting firm called sheer ghetto consulting which is uh what you referenced is uh is where i work now and 
and continue to do good stuff. Fascinating. So you've um, you've been a teacher, you've been in consulting, you've done all sorts. I know you've worked abroad as well, haven't you? A couple of places. I, yeah, I have. Uh, certainly it started with the teaching experience. You know, I lived in Latin America. I lived in Southern uh, Asia. I lived in the Middle East. And that continued in my uh, consulting career. Uh, I took secondments uh, out into Spain and was based up in in, in Scotland, uh, if we consider that abroad. I don't <laughs> know. Um, but yeah, I have had the pleasure also as a consultant, you work all around the world. So uh, I think a big part of it is, uh, you know, experiencing other cultures. And that certainly helped me in what I do today. Yeah. Fantastic. And um, would you consider, you know, what would you consider out of those early days in particular, those teaching days about what were your key lessons about how you help people to be at their best? Because that's what a teacher's all about, isn't it? Getting people to be at the best. Yeah. And, and you know, this is my big shout out to teachers, massively underpaid, mass- massively undervalued because the skills they have uh, are beyond compare and, and are paramount for all types of business and getting people to perform to their best um and uh, it always made me laugh that when i transitioned between teaching and and business business couldn't see these skills so uh, so what did it teach me right if you imagine um the hardest group of individuals uh, it's often kids uh, they they you know at least in the business world people pretend they want to uh, they want to improve and they want stuff but you know uh, i was teaching uh, two glamorous subjects one was maths and one was economics now uh, economics was great because it was to older kids and it was usually for kids who adopted in. So right. they actually wanted to learn, whereas the other end of the spectrum was maths. Now, every child had to learn maths whether they wanted to or not. And you can imagine an 11 year old who doesn't want to learn maths. They're a really tough audience. And unbeknownst to me, what it really helped sharpen in me was the ability to to engage with that 11 year old. And I learned that the secrets were about keeping things simple. Uh, because the more it was complicated, the harder it was for them to engage with and keeping it fun. Right? And these are two key principles that I apply when working with people to get the best out of them. It doesn't matter if you're 11 or you're 65. Right? If, if you can keep it simple and fun, you're more likely to get the best out of somebody. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I've never gone into the teaching vocation myself. Both the parents were teachers, uh, teachers and I always said I'd never be a teacher. And I think I've, my career has basically been a teacher by proxy in, uh, in, in a lot of cases. But yeah, I mean, that respect for teachers and what they do and the fact that you do have such a wide group of people, particularly in those non-opt-in subjects that have to be there, and are forced to be there <laughs> you know it, it, i've seen some parallels in my time in uh, in the consulting days and the, the helping days where actually having a group of people in a room that don't want to be there how do you deal with that that's a core skill that is uh, is really built in and if you want to help people you've got to engage them you've got to make it fun fantastic stuff great stuff so you you started uh, to talk about there that sheer ghetto so yeah I know you you started Sheer Ghetto at a uh, at an ideal time for any young business. <laughs> Tell us about that. Yeah, I you know me, Paul. I love a challenge. I thought, yeah, starting a business is not hard enough. Uh, what I'm going to do is start one and then sit back and watch a global pandemic uh, decimate it. So yeah, I started six months before COVID, and um, and um, what an experience that was. Right, the um, the, the analogy I often give is. Uh, Back, back in the day uh, when I wanted to learn tennis as a kid and I said to my dad, I want to learn tennis. And he said, yeah, sure, son, I fully support you. Why don't you use my old racket, which was an old wooden racket from the 60s? And I said, well, dad, you know, time's moved on. All the kids are using uh, sort of graphite 
uh, rackets and this. And he said, look, if you can learn to play with the wooden rackets, um, just imagine when I do finally buy you a graphite one, how great you'll be. Now, uh, I think that's exactly the same with, with uh, if you can start a business during a pandemic, then just think after a pandemic, how great you will be as a business owner. So yeah, six months before COVID, uh, I'd love to say it was it was really a big thing. It, it was it was barely, barely a newborn and then it got buried by COVID. So I effectively, I started the business again um, uh, a year later. Uh, once things had settled um and so uh depending on the birth certificate shigeto is either three years old or two years old <laughs> fantastic well i know uh you're doing some great work and so um i know when i look at your website when i look at your, all your materials you've got this success equation eq iq fq seems to be core to what you're doing so tell us a bit more about you know who you help and how you help them and where does that success equation come in yeah, uh, I mean, literally, I help everybody. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, that sounds way too broad. But let's just let's talk about the equation. Let's talk about how you can how I, I like to help people. And um, it, fundamentally, my 12 years as a strategy consultant um, taught me that there is uh, what solving a problem is one thing. Um, and we solve some very complex problems in that time. And that's the IQ part. Are you bringing your best knowledge, your best ideas, your best level of creativity to solving that problem? Okay. And a lot of companies are, but not every company is, right? Because yeah. you might have very smart people, but uh, maybe you're not listening to all of them in the right way. Maybe you're not. Uh, so even, even when you do have good IQ, there's ways to raise that level of creativity. So that's, that's one aspect that we help in, but that's usually not the biggest challenge to it. As I said, solving the problem is, is half the battle. It, right, it's maybe even only a third of the battle. Then getting people to buy in mm. to your solution is the big crux. And that's where you need this EQ um, because you can have a great idea. If nobody else believes in it or understands it or pays it any attention, then it's just a piece of paper, which, you know, and I've written a lot of very expensive paperweights, as I call it, um, <laughs> you know, clever reports that have never seen the light of day because of, because of, because of human problems. So that's where you need the EQ. And that's where certainly Shia Ghetto helps. And we focus a lot of our efforts. You know, are you talking to people in the way they want to be talked to? Are they, are you making it as simple as possible? Are you actually, are you sort of being sympathetic to what's going on in their life and em empathetic? So, um, and, what, so and, just, and just for those people who aren't necessarily familiar with EQ, so IQ is yeah. a fairly commonly known intelligence quote sort of piece. So EQ might be new for some people. What's what's EQ? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, emotional quotient um, is it's it's sort of a I'd say modern, but it's been around this this term for a good thirty years uh, as sort of initially introduced by a chap called uh, Daniel Goldman. Um, but fundamentally, what it talks about is in a person's ability to connect with others. Right. If you think about, uh, you know, in every group of friends, there's that there's the, that one friend who just seems to get on with everyone can really uh, can really sense the mood of the room mood of the others and uh, and know the right things to say um that it, in one aspect is all about is what emotional intelligence is about but it's also about knowing yourself right it's being able to control your emotions sense the emotions in others and uh, and sort of get the best out of both yourself and others uh, effectively so so yeah, uh, you need to to bring EQ into the business world because otherwise, as I said, ideas will just stay as ideas. Teams will stay as individuals rather than teams. Um, and so yeah, we help with that. And then the last bit, which I've 
is this FQ? And and you're going to probably ask me, as, as the good host you are, there will be a lot of people <laughs> who've never heard of FQ. Uh, it sounds a little bit rude. Um, I've well, heard similar, right. similar in my time, Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I shouted FQ at you 25 years ago. I'm sure you have. Um, but FQ is 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 a lesser known uh, um, element, a focus quotient. Um, it's not officially been signed off by anyone. Uh, I'd love to listen to a podcast in 30 years time when someone says, well, it was introduced by Faris Aranke in the 2020s. But yeah, I'm sure it's been around. But it's something I'd identified. I was looking for the missing ingredient because I knew you can have good ideas, you can get everyone bought in, but still companies were failing. Right. And I realized it was this ability to focus, to actually deliver on those ideas. That was super important. Uh, it could be the the, the 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 margin between success and failure. So we often help companies and individuals improve their focus. Now, that could mean, are you working on the right things? Are you giving it a, as much attention as it is? But it, it could also mean, are there some barriers you're not seeing in your way that if you remove them, you'd be even more impactful? Right. So that's the FQ side of things that, that Sheergetter helps with. Oh, fantastic. And so you work with companies, small, medium, large. What's your, your range? So my range is a small, medium and large. It's, uh, uh, you know, I'd love to say as a strategist, I had a strategy, but basically I just took any clients that I could. Uh, but uh, where I am today actually is 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 lovely because it works across different industries. I have a bunch of big, giant corporate company uh, clients uh, in the mining sector, in the retail sector, um, in uh, the energy sector that I work with, uh, and they have one set of challenges. And then I work with a, a range of startups uh, who have, uh, and they're in healthcare, they're in tech, they're in, uh, and they have a different set of challenges. And then the third group that I work with are professional services firms. So people want to uh, um, improve their skills when dealing with their own clients. Uh, so certainly they do a lot more actual training as opposed to facilitation and and problem solving in the other companies. So yeah, it's a really nice mix. Um, and I was saying to, to to somebody today, the great thing about that is I'm learning as much from those different groups as I'm helping them yeah. so that I can then cross pollinate those ideas and, you know, rock up to a big corporate and say, have you tried this? Because just seen it work amazingly in a much smaller company. And I think it would be really useful to you. Yeah. And I've, I've experienced the, the exact same thing myself. I've worked in so many different sectors and not necessarily specializing in any particular one. Um, I don't know what your experience has been, but certainly from my area, it's been, you can pull in completely different uh, points of view, different perspectives, collide those in and say, right, you're an oil and gas company. Here's how a healthcare company might think about this. Uh, here's how a small business startup thinks about these sorts of things does that spark any ideas is that what you're, you find in your world as well completely uh you know i just spent uh, earlier this week i spent uh, two days with a big mining company a team in a mining company and uh, over dinner on the first night somebody said to me with with all due respect which is never it always sends a <laughs> shiver down my spine when someone starts he said with all due respect uh faris you know absolutely nothing about our industry do you and i went not really. I, I'm not a mining specialist. He said, but what you did today was amazing because you understand people and you understood when somebody slipped into jargon and 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 three people in the room weren't understanding. You were the only one who said, hang on a minute, I don't understand what you were talking about. Right. Uh, wind up and it just made the meeting flow a bit easier. So he said, I now I get it. Uh, I get the skills you're bringing. I get the ideas you were bringing, some great ideas that we'd never thought of in this industry. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm... 
I, I think that's immensely powerful. And, and anytime someone says you need to be a specialist in something, you do, but it doesn't have to be an industry. Right. Yeah. And no, I think that in general, if we're, we're thinking about this general topic of helping people perform and the, the people whose role it is and vocation it is to do that, it's certainly been a, a top tip of mine from the early stages as to be open and honest about what where your expertise lies and more importantly, where it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So don't try and be that person that says, oh, well, I, yeah, I've, I've read some Google reports off the back <laughs> in <Yeah>. preparation <laughs> for this meeting. I know all about mining. Um, and then you find yourself, uh, let's let's say, proverbial from uh, proverbially in that digging yourself into a hole. So yeah, um, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and I certainly, you know, I'd love to say I never did that, but I've certainly done that earlier in, in on in my career. And uh, yeah, you're right. The hole just keeps getting bigger. <laughs> Fantastic, great stuff. And um, and so another aspect uh, that's. Um, that's you're helping people perform from a small business perspective as well. And you're sharing some of your insights and knowledge around small business. And some of you who are based in uh, London, maybe even privileged enough to walk around and see Faris's face on some big billboards. So uh, a, a man of many talents, a, a London fashion model as well. So tell us a bit about that and what, what that involves. <laughs> what being a London fashion model. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I often forget that I am a small business owner. Um, and that is a real thing. Uh, and I guess what you're alluding to, Paul, it, it, it sharply came into my um, uh, you know, realisation was uh, my insurance company, my business insurance company, were looking for a small business owner uh, to be in a real advert of theirs. Uh, and they, uh, they, chose me um and uh you gave me a platform um to to say look i'm a small business owner they really help me they take care of the insurance side of things so that i can run a business um now i often when i tell the story i say it was very fortuitous but you know people rightly say look you, you know it kind of been it, it kind of been just completely out of the blue and it it wasn't it was it was about the EQ side of my business. It was about building and establishing a trusted relationship with them mm. over a period of time. You know, the, the actual story is I applied, I replied to an advert in their newsletter saying, do you want to be face uh, front up our campaign? Right. And I didn't get it. Right? right. But what did happen is I stay created a line of communication with them that then grew and grew. You know, instead they gave me a small task. I completed it, built a level of sort of trust and then they gave me a bigger task and then a bigger task until a point they said, we really like working with you. Um, we're glad you hung around. How about next year um, you you be the guy? Yeah, you know, we go for it. So um, immensely flattered, really great thing to do. A little bit of fun as well. And I can't say it doesn't help the business. So, um, yeah, being a small business owner um, uh, and getting on a billboard is, is no bad thing. Fantastic. And that maybe brings us around a little bit to the, the next part of what I want to talk about, which is about how um, you get help to perform. You know, where yeah. do you go to? You've talked there about, you know, reaching out as a small business um, and offering yourself in some ways and some of your insights and uh, um, and some of your stories. How do you um, get help to perform? Where do you go to? Who do you speak to? What's your angle for, for sharpening the, uh, the blade of sheer ghetto? Sharpening sheer ghetto, sheer ghetto. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I think it's um, it's kind of threefold um, if I think about it. Um, I, you know, a big one is my own personal network, uh, friends, family, uh, to give emotional support because 
I was going to say starting a business, running a small business is an is an emotional roller coaster. But any any sort of professional career is an emotional. You know, you have good days, you have bad days, um, and particularly when you're a small business owner, you you don't to start with you don't have a team, right? So you need people to help you when when you things aren't going right, uh, and equally when they are going right, when things have gone well, you want somebody to celebrate success with, but you also want somebody to commiserate and and tell you you know it's not um it's not all bad so friends and family are a massive part of helping me to perform then at the next level is um yeah i have a i have a coach i have my own coach right just because i go in and help and advise um companies doesn't mean i know everything doesn't mean i don't need to be pushed and it, it, i had a coach that helped me set up my company i've recently re-engaged uh, with a coach uh, who helps me bounce ideas challenges me and um make sure i'm on the right path so that that's a massive help to help me perform and then the last one is one you know well paul is actually um i accidentally created a network of other small business owners and other accidentally yeah (laughs) yeah accidentally Uh, it was totally selfish because of because i was lacking a social group um i initially just found one or two people that i knew who were doing something vaguely similar um, started having coffees with them. The group grew. I put them together. Um, and we call ourselves the Solopreneurs Club. We meet once a month, but we have a WhatsApp group. We support each other, sort of. We give ideas. We go to work together. We uh, share tips. Um, and it has been immense, uh, not just for me. I mean, selfishly, even if nobody else in the group got anything out of it, it's been great for me to help me perform. Yeah. But just seeing how everyone is working together and hearing from them how much benefit they get from it um is it is in fact a second loop of helping me perform because it gives me a warm fuzzy glow so it's a combination of those things that keep me on the straight and narrow and get the best out of me yeah fantastic well i can personally attest to the the value of the solopreneurs club you know i've found it hugely valuable and i think one of the great things uh, and insights from my side or from what you've done to set that up is that you you know there are networks out there you weren't finding the one that was quite right for you in some ways um and so you just made it happen you know and you experimented you tried you pulled some things together it might not work I don't think we've got the same group of people that we started with. Some have um, uh, haven't continued. Some have come in new, um, and it, it, you know, we talk to each other. And I think there's a lot of value from that side of things when you're learning in any role. Is put yourself out there with people who are in a similar situation, maybe with a slightly colliding perspective, and that will um, that will really up your game. So, yeah. I think I think there's you know uh, and I wish I could attribute every quote I ever say to whoever actually said it you know <laughs> you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with right yeah. so um so find make sure you've got the right five people uh, yeah. or 10 people or whatever mm. um and good things will happen fantastic and just thinking about it while you were saying there about how you get people uh, how you get help to perform you talked a little bit about um you know the coach and what i would consider your iq of your game yeah <laughs> you talk about the the eq of your game and then you talk about the the fq in terms of the focus and getting you um in the right mindset and getting your head head in the right space to to move on so you know just goes to show that that success equation is relevant in every life so eh? I, I, yeah, again, I hope, uh, hope people quote it after listening to this podcast. Um, I'll be collecting royalties off it, Paul, but no. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Uh, and actually, that's a, I, you're right, IQEQ. And, and actually, having an equation, having a nice way to communicate whatever you want to talk, going back to the teaching thing in yeah. the most simple way, um, is immensely powerful. Now, I wish I'd love to be able to say that the IQEQFQ equation came up on day one when I started my company. But the simple fact is it probably didn't come up until about 18 months in after I've, I'd spoken to about 200 people trying to desperately explain what it is I did. Yeah. And I, this is not working. This is not working. It goes back to your test and learn idea. And so everybody out there, go find your own equation because mine's already taken. No, go find it and, <laughs> and just communicate and be amazed at what good stuff happens. Fantastic. Yeah, that that simple model to to sort of wrap everything that you do around can really help and I, you know i've uh, i've hit on my own as well uh, as a, a good starting point hopefully and uh, and we'll I'll, i'm sure i'll iterate and move on from there so uh, with your help of course that's uh, that's what it's all about um and so just looking to ask you a couple of final questions just before yeah. we close out so um let's talk about your ideal world you know you've got yeah. you know who who would you like to be helping you know, if, who's your ideal client, ideal group of people, individuals? If you if you could sort of, you know, uh, click those fingers and the ideal client would be there. Who is who is it that you would like to be helping to perform? Ah, uh, well, um, I, I, I've never been a politics man, but um, you know, uh, yeah, number ten, if ever they were to call, uh, give them a go. No, I think. You know, every business has its own challenges and would be great to work with, but it's where you can get the maximum impact and help those who might not be uh, as benefit, you know, it come to as naturally or have all the tools and resources available. So funnily enough, just this afternoon, I was having a coffee with um, a CEO of one of the charities that I'm connected to. And um, we were talking uh, we were basically talking about IQ, EQ, FQ um, because, and that was so enjoyable because I know that every little bit of effectiveness and improvement performance for those guys will be as great as it is, you know, having Amazon as a client as I do, but, you know, working with a small charity, I think is, is much more enjoyable, but, you know, my accountant will tell me I can't keep working free for small charities. So, um, so having a nice mix is of great benefit, but yeah, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of problems. I, you know, I love the human race. I hate the human race because there's a lot of problems out there that uh, would be great to help solve, but they've been around for a long time. Yeah, and take your pick. Awesome. And then flipping that on its head a little bit. Yeah. Who um who would you like to learn from if you had the chance to have a face to face. I know you're a big fan of the the face to face coffee meetings. You uh, <laughs> you're often seen on the Boris bikes around London, flipping between a few of them. Yeah. Um, who would that ideal person or group of people be for you to learn from and to help you uh, up your performance? Oh, um, do you know what I think? I, I read a lot every day, so actually, I'd, I'd probably sort of avoid all the sort of high uh, prolific people. Um, and uh, you know, uh, it would have to be someone. You know, I'm always drawn to. I, I can't even remember his name, but it would it'd be someone of the ilk of. Uh, there, there was a there was a great book by the the guy who used to be the um, kind of the butler in the White House. Okay. Uh, so, uh, where he got to see ten different presidents, right. 
the guy had been there for so many years. He'd seen been so many years, yeah. and he and he could tell you the great thing from this guy, the great thing from this guy. And how did I how did I blend in all the time and get that you know tune in? So maybe maybe the equivalent here in the UK would be Larry the Cat at Downing <laughs> Street, and uh, um, so a little bit fl- flippant, but you know I think there's amazing people. Obviously, they're inspirational, above the line people. But I think there's amazing people all around you um, that we often overlook and don't ask enough questions. Uh, or you know, so so yeah. Um, I I think I could walk within a five five minute uh, radius of my house, and there'd probably be you know a good handful of inspirational people that I would very much enjoy learning from. Fantastic. And I know you're not one to be afraid of chatting to anyone and learning from them (laughs) as you go along. So fantastic. All right. So brilliant stuff, mate. We've learned about EQ, IQ, FQ. We've learned about Sheer Ghetto and some of the great ways that you help people perform. Um, Finally, just to round off, how do we find out more? You know, where do we go to find out more about what you do, who you are? How do we connect? Yeah, well, I'd love to carry on the conversation with absolutely everyone. So the best ways to connect and carry on that conversation are LinkedIn. Look me up, Farah Serenki. Um, and uh, otherwise, the Sheer Ghetto website, uh, which uh, Sheer Ghetto, for all those who can't see my branded coffee mug, is, um, are listening to this is S-H-I-A-G-E-T-O.com. Fantastic. And I'll make sure we uh, we put all of those details in and I'll pop your link in and all the rest of it, mate. So it's all good. I'll do my bit. As you do your bit. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, as always, mate, an absolute pleasure, but an even greater pleasure for you to help me set up and get this inaugural uh, podcast underway. I know that you help me perform uh, when it comes to my business. Uh, hopefully we can reciprocate. And uh, thanks so much for being on today's show and look forward to catching up with you again soon. Uh, the pleasure's all mine and I really look forward to it. All right, here's to a successful podcast, everybody. <laughs> Cheers, Paris. See you soon, mate. Cheers, Bye. Paul. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, then please give the podcast a rate, review and share. I'm Paul Teasdale, and from sausage making to banking, oil and gas to Formula One, I help people perform. If you'd like to find out more and have a conversation, contact me via helpingpeopleperform.com.